I don't know if you've seen Dan, but you know people moan about Garth Crutcher's team of the week. They do. I, myself it's included. Like, yeah. It's like a constant meme. Alan Shearer's is worse. I've got his Premier League one here for match week two, and he's playing a three-three-four with no striker and one centre back. Uh, how many Newcastle players is my? I suppose they lost this week. He's probably still squeezed them in there's, somewhere. There's no Newcastle players, but it's Ariola, Aurier, Akanji, Estupinian. Akanji played in midfield. Uh, Soberslai, <laughs> Ward, Prowse, and Pape Sar with a front four of Leon Bailey and uh, Karu Matoma, Phil Foden, and Solly March. All players that had a great week, but <laughs> that's not a team. Uh, it, it, he, um, they were doing their best ever Premier League, like uh, eleven or something, like a few months ago. And he's one of them. He just tries to squeeze in. Or, in my opinion, if you're doing a best team, you don't. He, he, he played like. Um, he played like Kane out wide, or it might have even been Henri out wide, which maybe isn't as yeah. ridiculous. But if you're playing Henri, you play him up front. <laughs> no, like, you know what I mean? It's, um, and the other thing, I don't know if you've ever seen their match of the day, like top tens that they did in lockdown. <clears throat> like him, Gary Lineker, Michael Richards. Every single week, he'd have a Newcastle thing in there. So they did like a top <laughs> 10 FA Cup finals. And they had when they lost like 2 0 to Chelsea or whoever it was, or uh, in like 1998. Just a completely forgettable, predictable final. Um, yeah. Ah, so what we're saying is sort it out, Alan. Hello, I'm Daniel Sketchler. And I'm Callum Byrne. We've been friends for more than 10 years, sharing lifelong passions such as film and music. But most importantly, football, through the ups and the downs, the celebration and the heartbreak. However, he's a blue nose, and he's a villain. This is the Second City Podcast. Good day. Good day, Cal. How are you? Good day. How's it going? I'm all right, thank you. It's, it's good. This is take two for reference, because Cal did take one with a bit of an American. <laughs> good day. Or whatever that was. Um, I just completely forgot how to speak English, I think. Pretty much. So I took the reins. But um, yeah. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Um, week two of the pod, this is a thing now. Yeah, yeah, we're we're committed now. We're we're in, in yeah. for the long call. It, it wasn't a one-off. We're here. Um, no. But yes, you're actually. This is actually week two. We've already gone international. Yeah, <laughs> you're zooming live from uh, from Barcelona. Bar- my hotel room in Barcelona. Yeah, um, I'm not here on holiday. I am here for work. And so I can't enjoy like swimming in the sea or going in the pool, and it is so hot. I can't I believe how it. Yeah. It is. It's like sixty-five percent humidity, thirty-two degrees. It is hot Love all it. day and all night. But... All for it. I'm all for it. We've missed it in the UK this year, pretty much. Um, yeah. No new camp tour though. You were saying last week. No, I can't do the new camp because they've knocked it down. So. Uh, I might have to do some regular regular touristy stuff while I'm here. Uh, the, the one tip, yeah. I thought I'd see loads of Barcelona shirts around, and I've seen a couple. Mm. I've seen four Inter-Miami shirts with Messi on the back already. Oh, it makes me cringe so like, much. I just find it a bit, like, Inter-Miami have existed for, like, four years or something. I don't know. I just yeah. find it a bit, a bit yeah. cringe. And, and one Ronaldo Saudi shirt as well. Was the, okay. Was the other. I, think, I think we might see a few more pop up in the near future. Um, yeah, but 
anyway, this week's podcast, so we're going to talk obviously about um, uh, the Blues results, the Villa result this week. Uh, we'll start with Blues and get into Villa, and we'll talk a little bit about the games coming up this week. We'll talk a little bit about Villa's Conference League game because this podcast will be out by the time it happens, so we won't go into it too much. Um, yeah. We'll get into the league games this weekend and Blues in the Cup next week. And we'll also have a little chat about transfer rumours. Probably have a little chat about the Bellinghams, obviously, from a Blues perspective. Uh, pretty interesting what happened there this week. And then we'll do a little bit of squad number bingo again. But now, if you're listening on any of the audio platforms, and after the week we've just had, we are on every audio platform under the sun. I, so many of them I haven't heard of, but we're on all the main ones and all the ones you haven't heard of. But if you are on one of them, you might want to check the YouTube video out because and then go back to the audio if you want or watch both but we're going to talk about the shirts we're wearing because yes this is what we do at the start um, yeah what we're wearing I was, I was trying to work out we're not wearing the same season so we're very no. close yeah um, and this is a feature we do because me and Callum have like loads of football shirts it's just a chance for us to like talk about on the ones our memories of them seasons and so on just a little throwback before we get into um the main podcast uh so do you have any? Uh, I think you're wearing uh, it's a championship kit. Yes, I think that's a uh, seventeen eighteen. Yes, the year that we lost the playoff final. It was the John Terry. The John great, Terry kit. Great, the Robert... uh, yeah, I was a very relieved. Uh, for me, yeah. <laughs> it's the same day as no. the Champions League final that year as well. Yes, we we listened. We had it on the radio on the way back. Very sad on the train. Oh, it's probably one of the worst days I've had in a football stadium was Wembley that day. It was horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's all worked, it all works out. Yeah, Tom Kenny got the winner, one now. I mean, like it all worked. It's all worked out in the end. But at the time, and looking back, that was a terrible, terrible day. Um, Bruce, the manager. This, Bruce was the manager. Yeah, Doctor Tony Gier was the owner. Um, it was yeah a weird time. It's a weird time, and it wasn't that long ago, really. So. You did but, have that good, like, obviously you didn't get promoted, but you did have the good run, the sort of the running, the charge into the playoffs must have been really exciting and so on. Yeah, so the team that had, like, the good run into the end of the season was Fulham, who won, who won the playoffs in the end. But we hit the the ground running in the new year. So I, remember, I think we, we won 5-1 on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day against Bristol City. And we, we, we went on a great run where we won like we were undefeated in like eight or nine games or something. We went on a really, really good run. We beat you 2 0 in that run. We beat Middlesbrough. We beat I think we beat Nottingham Forest. Scott Hogan was scoring goals. It was a wild time. Um, Gosh. Um, but there's some really good memories from the season. I remember we battered Wolves at Villa Park and they ran away with yeah, the Yeah, I remember I remember that. Yeah. Like four one um, or four 0 or something. Yeah, this is the shirt we won 2 0 against Birmingham City at Villa Park. Connor Hurrahan scored a screamer. That was one. So, that was probably the most of all the derbies. That was probably the one I just was the least. We had a terrible season that season. Um, I, I remember, and we were in the absolute nadir for our form at that point and going into the derby. <laughs> you always hope a little bit, but I remember just being like, oh my God, it's going to take like a small miracle to not just get battered. <laughs> Well, that game had very much like the classic way the these derbies have sort of gone in the more recent years. Whereas you started really well, you hit the post at nil nil, and then we went on. Yeah, Sam Gallagher. Yeah, God. Yeah, 
But yeah, and I think did Sheik and Doy get sent off for trying to headbutt John he Terry did, or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Probably the worst player I've seen at Blues in my lifetime. That's just um yeah, it was just perfect. And John Terry really winded him up as well, knew what he was doing. Yeah. Oh yeah, gosh. I remember I forced I was we were at uni still at that point, I forced my housemates to watch it with me. Midday <laughs> like, <laughs> on a Sunday and um yeah, wasted everyone's time doing it. But yes. Uh I'm wearing a, uh, the following season's blues kit. Mm. I'm wearing the eighteen uh, nineteen uh, Gary Monk season. Uh, much better season for us. Probably the best season in like the now that we've kind of come out of the Trillion Trophy Asia era, whatever the owners are called, BSHL. The sort of the when they twenty sixteen to like twenty twenty three era. Probably the best season we had in their time. Probably the only like good one, and we mm. still finished seventeenth. But that was because. Uh, we had like a points deduction. We kind of really came off the rails around March time. We had a points deduction for like overspending or something the year before. Um, but it was for the first, for a good while that season was really enjoyable. Uh, it was my first, it was our first season like after we'd finished uni. So I got to go like, got to go to yeah. a lot more games and stuff. Yeah, Shea Adams scored 22 goals this season. It's kind of the first player I think I've want to see this kit. He was absolutely unplayable. Lucas Jukovic, I think, got 14 himself. Them two together were just incredible. So, yeah, a lot of fun memories that season. We had a really good run in between, like, sort of October, November. Um, so, yeah, I got a lot of fun memories. Obviously, it came off the rails a bit, and then the whole thing with Monk kind of mm. tainted it a little bit in retrospect. No, yeah, a fun season I look back on quite fondly especially in the context of the seasons either side of it, which were just tragic, really. I remember that kit really well, because that's the kit that the last derby was played in at St Andrews, was, where Jack yeah. Grealish scored the winner, which was a very good yes. day. Right. Well, to me, it was a very good day. I think it was, it was one of the worst days in a football stadium. Well, probably, we've, we could probably, it's certain derbies between Blues and Villa, we could honestly do like a whole podcast on, but that was one where I just... <laughs> When the Villa goal went in, I remember just wanting... Normally, you're like, right, let's fight back. Let's get back into the game. Let's, you know... Mm-hmm. And I remember just... It was such a... I was so confident we were going to win as well. It was the first time in a long yeah. time I've been really confident ahead of the derby. And um, I remember when... I remember, like, about an hour into the game, being like, this is going to be nil-nil again. And that's yeah. kind of disappointing. Another draw at home against Villa. <laughs> when really, I think we were above you at the start of the day as well. Um, Could have been, and if we'd won, we would have third game in our promotion run. But it's yeah, it's nice to think as well, like how things um, changed as well. Because obviously, I say we finished like seventeenth. I think this was just before the points deduction, and we were both like pretty neck and neck going for playoffs at this point. And that kind of speaks quite well because the game was in like March, so we were doing pretty well still up to that point. And yeah, I remember, and I remember being like at nil nil, being like, "Oh, this is gonna fizzle out." And I remember the weather was like the wind was like horrendous. It was wasn't good <laughs> conditions. And then when when we conceded, I was like, "Oh, this is just I can't believe this." Like, it's, and I remember just wanting the game to end. I had a pretty perfect view of the goal as well. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, "Oh, I just I've had enough of this." <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but yeah, mad to think that was the last derby. Yeah, about four yeah. or five years ago. Now. Shall we get on to? Happier times at Blues. Yeah, what a week, Dan. What a week. What a week. Um, I believe this is our best start after three league games in 15 years. Uh, seven points from nine. Absolutely. Third in the league. Third in the league. I know the table doesn't mean much yet, but it's just... Yeah. 
the vibe is so good. I said last week I would have taken a draw away at Bristol mm. City and to go there and win two really good goals, really professional, solid away win. I really wish I'd I'd been there. Like that unfortunately mm. I was working. But um that must have been such a brilliant away day at Bristol City. Koji Mayoshi coming off the bench, uh, came off because of an injury to Siriki Dembele. And he was took his goal absolutely terrifically. I think he's going to be such a good player for us. He's got such a it great It was technique. a rocket. It was a proper was rocket. He's only been on the pitch volley. about two, two or three minutes, hasn't it? Yeah, he's weak of foot as well. Um, so it was like the corner came in, I think Scott Hogan got his head to it. And they just fell to me or she, and he just leathered it in top corner. Absolutely terrific finish. And then I mentioned him last week, but Ivan Sonjic, he's filled that Hannibal role just mm. perfectly from last season. And for the second goal, Bielik plays a brilliant ball to Hannibal down the... To, to, I even called him Hannibal then. There's <laughs> a brilliant ball to Sonjic, who gets a lovely cross, perfect crossing, and Duke off the bench again. Been written off so many times. People say he's finished two goals in two games off the bench, finishes it brilliantly. And credit to Eustace as well, because Bristol City had a man sent off for two yellow cards. And I think he had to be a little tactical because Ethan Laird had got off injured as well. Uh, so hopefully that's nothing too serious. But Eustace, he kind of reshaped the team. I think he went to three at the back, maybe. But he put basically put Duke and Hogan up together. And I love that mentality of like, Let's just finish them off now. Let's go for it. And that's something I really like about Eustace. He's not gung ho, but he's just he knows he's got a bit of got that bit about him to really go and kill the game off, and it worked perfectly. So absolutely terrific start to the season. And it kind of we'll get into it later. But now we've got Plymouth at the weekend, which on paper should be an easier game than Leeds and Bristol City. But we've even put ourselves in a position now where even if it might sound pessimistic, but even if we drew at Plymouth. That's still mm. what ten? Uh, what's that? Eight points um, from the first four games, which is a great return, in my opinion. No, just absolutely delighted with it. I was absolutely ecstatic with it. It's been the whole vibe has just completely changed. And as I said, I don't expect it to last all season, but it's been absolutely terrific. Well, I said to you before the start of the season, there are clubs that just start the championship season and they can ride a wave and have a playoff charge. And yes, it's three or four games into the season. But, I mean, Barnsley got into the playoffs the other year. Oh, Luton oh, have got into um, the playoffs and got yeah. promoted. Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Yeah. So, I yeah. think it's pretty well like set up. It is every year, to be fair. There is always room. For, there's almost always one. It's never yeah. the ones you expect. There's always one that kind of charges in. But honestly, even if we get top half, top 10 this year, yeah. we, I, I reference like the Monk season. And last week I referenced the Rowitz, the full Rowitz season. Them seasons, like, you know, we weren't, we didn't get into the playoffs, we didn't, but they were just fun, good seasons. And um, I think for a first season under the new owners, that would be absolutely terrific. And I think we're well on our way. Shall we, uh, well, I mean, the only thing that then tainted my weekend was um, (laughs) we went and somehow went one or two better, which was frustrating and surprising, I must say. It, it it is and it was, but also so surprisingly had... the margin of victory. I thought you'd, yeah. I did think you'd win four 0 though after being battered the week before. Yeah, it's one of them. Is, if this had been like the first week of the season, or if we'd have got a draw, or just lost one 0 even at Newcastle, I think you could have come in and thought 
this weekend again, we can give Everton a good go. But obviously we got battered the week before. Everton, while they lost at Fulham, should have scored about six. They they missed so many chances. And so all of a sudden it looked like a bit more of a maybe even game. You know, on paper, of course, we should beat Everton. But but yeah, we were fantastic. We were absolutely brilliant. We were helped by Everton being terrible. And they were yeah, I mean, terrible. They, for 20 minutes or so, they did compete. And, it you know, we were the better team, but they were in the game. Um, we scored a really good first goal, really well worked. Leon Bailey does really, really well. And McGinn makes a great run and a good finish. But then they just sort of fell apart on that. Jordan Pickford's given away a really stupid penalty. And then the second half, I mean, we didn't we didn't have to get out of second gear in that first half. We didn't even have to play. We just let them capitulate. And that's all they did. I mean, it was just mistakes everywhere. And I, I would not want to be an Everton fan right now because I think they might go down. I had them to go down before the season started. And I ha- they haven't done anything to change my mind on that so far. No, and they're kind of, I think there's so much pressure on them as well. I don't know if that builds yeah. through to the players, but I think this is their last season at Goodison now. It is, yes. So they move next season and it's like, they can't, they cannot be in the championship in that stadium. Like financially, yeah. it's just completely, completely unworkable. But I don't know if that pressure just filters through. I kind of thought like Dyche would be the man to, to like sort that out. And maybe he will be, but maybe even he can't sort this out. They look an absolute travesty. But, I mean, he squeaked them over the line last year. Mm. Like, he didn't come in and have... Yeah, he came in and they had the bounce and they beat Arsenal. And they, they had a couple of good results. But any manager could have come in and got the bounce. But yeah. they just really never got going. Their away forms are dreadful as well. Do you think this result is as much then you being good or them being bad? It was a bit of both, really. I thought we we were... We played our game, our game plan and our style, as well as we went to Newcastle... And their game plan outdid us, and we never got going. And we were talking about the high line and the midfield last week. We were much, much better this week. I think Everton tried to exploit it; they just couldn't do it in the way that Newcastle could. And they, they just—they're so toothless going forward, and they got a lot of injuries. But yeah, I mean, it was a shame to see Ashley Young in that team. The first goals come down his flank, and he's a one hundred percent at fault for the final goal, like. He's just yeah. gone for a really ambitious long throw in to Michael Kane. It's never going to get there. And John Duran's got in, took a really poor touch and then scored the one-on-one against Jordan Pickford. I'm really happy for him because obviously it's his first Premier League goal, his first goal for us. He hasn't really played that much. He's just come off the bench when we've been cruising in games or really chasing games. And it's hard. He's young, he's raw. I really thought he would go out on loan, but I don't think he's going to. Sure. Well, he's but, clearly in Emery's plans to an extent. Yeah. So, uh, I, even if it's a striker that isn't playing very much, to come in and just get that first goal, it just it should relax him. The fans aren't going to be like, please score, please score, please score. Yeah. Uh, in the same way that, like, before the game, or you're looking at the scoreline, you're going, oh, we're three or four up. I'd love it if this person got a goal, because they need a goal just to give them that that boost. So, um, But, I mean, speaking of that, Leon Bailey's performance was fantastic. A goal and an assist after being hooked at half-time at Newcastle. Yeah. Um, I was going to say. And I think everyone would have looked at the team sheet at one o'clock and gone, really? Really? So I think he's, to a certain extent, silenced the doubters for the time being. You know, when he's obviously in the team against Hibbs or against Burnley at the weekend, people aren't going to be going, why is Bailey in there? But he does need to improve his away form because 
he's always been all right and he's got goal returns at Villa Park. But he really, he's a player that just really struggles on the road. So hopefully this gives him a bit of momentum and, and we'll see what he can do uh, against Tibbs. Uh, everyone will probably know already. But we don't. We don't. Recording on Tuesday. Yeah, as I say, frustrating for me because I was absolutely buzzing and then saw Villa go <laughs> win a Premier League game 4-0. But overall, been a really good week for the second city in general. I think both sides of the city are, are very content right now. Um, should we go talk transfers, Dan? What are Blues doing yeah, at the moment good. in the transfer window? Uh, it's gone a little quiet. We started really well in the transfer window. made loads of really good times. Um like Laird, Buchanan, uh, obviously Bielik on a permanent, uh, Kevin Long coming back, Miyashi, Dembele, uh, lo- loads of really impressive signings. Done a little quiet the last few weeks. I still think we really need another centre-forward, although Duke obviously is scoring again. And obviously we've got Hogan, who, by the way, I think I've been a bit harsh on, by the way, last week, because <laughs> I do think his pressing game and so on has been has been impressive and has been crucial to the team. I think I was a bit harsh on him last week. But regardless, I do think we still need another younger striker. I mean, Sam Cosgrove, it just, I don't think, admittedly, he's never really had a huge chance at Blues, but it looks like he'll probably leave. And I don't think he's the man to, um, for that sort of third striker slot. And so we were being linked with a striker called Sori Kaber, who uh, is about 28 years old. He's six foot three. Looked like he'd really fit the bill, but I believe he's just signed for Las Palmas a few days ago. So I don't think he's going to be an option. So I'd be interested to see where the club uh, go from here. So it does look like we're going to have to start looking elsewhere. Uh, but the other position I think we really need to fill is centre-back. Kevin Long and Dion Sanderson have been brilliant so far. We've got Mark Roberts as a backup, but he's injured as well. So we don't really have any senior players available as backup at the minute. Uh, but interestingly, we've been linked with Hedin Mengi at Man United, who was on loan us a couple of years ago under Boya. He put some Instagram posts up. I think he was replying to... He, uh, it was an Instagram comment on one of, I think it was Ethan Laird's posts, and he put like KRO and then like an arrow with like Stoon written underneath or something. It looks yeah. like that could be um, a potential option. I think that'd be, he didn't really play that much with us before, but I think if we could get him in, I think he'd be fairly cheap. I think he'd be a good backer. We saw enough of him in, it would have been 2022, yeah, early 2022. I think we saw enough of him then to justify that he'd be a decent, affordable backup player. So I'd be interested to see if anything happens there. And if we can fill in two positions, I think we'd be really well set up for the duration of the season for now. Uh, what about Villa? I had a bit more concrete news transfer-wise with Villa, have we? Yeah, so we announced the sort of loan with either an option or an obligation to buy for Nicolo Zaniolo from Galatasaray. So he will probably play against Hibs in some form or another. Emery seemed to hint that he'll certainly be in the squad anyway. Um, so he'll probably come off the bench. I wouldn't imagine he would start, but you never know. Um, so he'll be a good option, especially with Emi Buende and now Felipe Coutinho both injured. Because um, all of a sudden we're, we're missing a sort of playmaker in in as an option. But also that, that, that injury to Coutinho really... The injury didn't shock me, but the news that came out after the game that it looks like Jane Philogene is going to leave the club as well. Right. Because uh, he, he wants to play. He played all our preseason games, but he wants to play regular football. And I don't think you can ever really criticise a player for wanting to leave to play every week. So it looks like he's going to Hull City along oh, wow. with Keenan Davis. 
So they're both going to hold. I don't know how concrete it was, but I had one or two rumours Keenan Davis being linked to us. I don't think Blues fans are that bad. He's pretty... Uh... I, I saw those rumours as well, and I, <laughs> I, I can't imagine that go down well, because he shushed yeah, you when he I scored again, and he was at Forest. He did, yeah. It wasn't yeah, I wasn't too pleased about that. I don't think he'd have been welcomed with... Like, obviously, we've had some great players from Villa, like Curtis Davis and Kevin Phillips and stuff over the years, but I don't think Keenan Davis would have worked. I'm, I wasn't <laughs> too about that rumour, to be honest. I'm quite glad to see that. Probably a good move for both of them, to be fair. Yeah, but it's a shame because I really like Jaden for the June, but he'll go with a buyback clause. It looks like in the same sort of way that Aaron Ramsey to Burnley, if that ever gets announced, right. is going to be. So we'll see. And it's also good for us. We're going to get a little bit of money, but a million quid for Keenan Davis is in the last year of his contract. And he's someone who needs a permanent move to a championship club because he's a great striker at that level. Um, he just hasn't been very settled. Luca Dean's yeah. probably off to Saudi as well. So uh, whether we get a Cunha from Sevilla, we'll, we'll see. A uh, quick word this week on the Bellingham brothers uh, from a Blues perspective. Of course, Jude has gone to Real Madrid and I believe scored three goals in his first two games. Obviously, yeah, he got two at the weekend. I mean, it's it's frightening. Like he's gone there and he's yeah. he's just the man already. It's so surreal. Like as a Blues fan, seeing like I, I you know I was at his, the first game when he scored. It, was only, it wasn't that long ago. It was like four years ago when he came off the bench against Stoke as like a sixteen-year-old and he scored at being in the crowd that day. And then the following week, I went to Charlton away and was right behind the goal when he scored the winner. Like, it's so crazy now to see him as this, like, world superstar, you know, future England captain in the making. He's a Galactico, you know. <laughs> he's a Galactico. He's, he's the real deal. It's, um, yeah. like, it's so cool that he's come from Blues and he's this, like, hu- humble young man. I know it's just it's all stuff that's been said a million times, but I can't stress enough from a Blues perspective how cool that is. And of course, on the same day, his brother Job scored twice for Sunderland as well. His first goals in professional football. I, I personally, I know some Blues fans that like he never really set the world on fire at Blues, obviously. But I think his career will really develop well at Sunderland. With I think his name's Christian Speakman, who is uh, working at Sunderland now, who worked with Jude when he was at Blues. So personally, I think you know it's really good to see two players who came through the Blues academy. I, I, in Jude's case, Jude's case clearly thriving. And I think Job as well will have a really solid career. So, no, yeah, just wanted to say a quick word on them. I'm personally really, really pleased to see them both doing well. Jude, obviously, everyone's going to be talking about him. But, um, yeah, please see them both doing well. Cool. Shall we um, have a quick chat about uh, our next couple of fixtures? Maybe just a quick word on, uh, obviously, Villa are playing the Conference League game, but that will probably be after this podcast has gone out. So before this podcast so, has gone out, sorry. Yeah, so... Yes, what a win. <laughs> Could have done with a win there. Draw, I mean, it probably is, I'm pretty sure we'd be. Oh, well. How did we lose? <laughs> <laughs> you must be pretty confident, though, Hibs. Yeah, confident, but I'm wary. We got, you know, after the Stevenage game in the January in the FA Cup, Bradford in the League Cup 10 years ago, we got to go, we got to take it seriously, play a strong team and get a result. And that's, I think we will. So... Um, the main thing I have to say on it is that it's a five forty-five kickoff, right. and it should, and it's on BBC Scotland. So, if I do manage to get the YouTube video out before the match happens, go to BBC iPlayer. The match will be on. Nice, very nice. Who have you got in the league after that? Then? So we then have Burnley in the dreaded two o'clock Sunday kickoff. Oh. 
on uh, and it's not on, on Sky. Sky Sports. No, something, oh, it's not on Sky. I was going to say something's no. never changed. Sky's love affair with Villa. Yeah, no, we're not on. I'm pretty sure the, the next two o'clock game we've got, I'll moan about this next week probably, but um, is against Liverpool and it's not on Thursday. Oh, right. Okay. What, why move yeah. Oh, I suppose because oh, you're in Europe, obviously. Yeah. We're, we're, because we're in Europe, so um, oh, of course, yeah. our game's not on telly this week. But Sheffield United, Manchester City is so. Um, yeah, obviously we're, this is sort of what we've got to. If we beat Hibs in the playoff, we're going to get used to this championship style, two three game weeks basically. But it'll be fun because it'll be like a bit of a throwback to when we had those. But I'm not going to enjoy the Sunday two o'clocks. I don't think. No, but, it is a bit inconvenient. Yeah, and half of them aren't on Sky. You know. Yeah, so. of course. It is what it is. Yeah. But confident. I, th- I, th- I think, uh, you know, Turf Moor, we've had a pretty good recent record there, apart from the lockdown season when we lost. But we've won the other couple of times that we've played up there. So, yeah, I think, I think we'll, you know, Burnley didn't look... I mean, it's hard to say because it's really... It's their second game of the season for them. Yeah. They didn't play. Oh, of and course, their first so, game was against Manchester City. Yeah, so control. their season hasn't really started yet. Were they meant to so, have been playing Luton or something as well? Yeah. Is that because their stadium yeah. or something they've not started yet? Yeah, Kenilworth Road's not, not ready at the moment. So, right. um, But at least it's not their first home game because obviously they had the first game of the season was at home. True. So, I mean, obviously, from a Blues perspective, I'm quite glad about this, but it's a big advantage for them because you'll have played twice since they last played. Yeah. And then we'll have obviously be looking ahead to the depends how the Hibs game goes tomorrow, but obviously we've got the playoff after Burnley. Yeah. So so to be honest, if we can go and get a win, that that would be amazing. But I it's one of those games where if Burnley got a result, I don't think it would be a huge shock because it's coming between the two European games. Oh, I agree. We'll Especially with this, like you can't afford to mess up the Hibs game is the thing. Like even if no. it is a it's, it is such a potential banana skin that you kind of, like yeah. you say, you kind of have to play your strongest team for the big first game back in Europe and so on. It's one of them. If we go and get rolled over 3 0 at Hibs, we're most likely going out of Europe. As whereas, let's just say we beat Hibs, but we lost to Burnley, we've still got 35 games yeah. to sort the season out. So it, that Burnley game isn't going to define our season, but we obviously don't want to go and lose it. But I think you see yeah. where I'm coming from anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you, you've got Plymouth, haven't you? Yeah, we have. We haven't played Plymouth in years. Um, I'm not even sure when we last played them. I remember I went to a game against them once when we got promoted under Steve Bruce. That'd be like 2007-ish. Um, I've probably played them once or twice since, but yeah, it's been a really long time. Uh, it's at home, and as you can probably tell, I'm just really, just really excited about going to Blues again. It's another sellout. Um, obviously, there's been some issues with the uh, flight. Side note, but there's been some issues with the stadium repairs, been a bit delayed again. Looks like the company. Yeah, the company's gone bust, hasn't it? Yeah, which is not well, going bust. Going bust, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. But either way, uh, the stand, the parts of the stadium that are open uh, have sold out again, which is great. Kind of similar to what you're saying with Hibs uh, in your game, I think it's a potential, like potential banana, banana skin. Yeah. But yeah. I say, as I said earlier in the podcast, we've started the season so well. Even if we got a draw, if the performance is good, if the signs are there, that's really encouraging. But we should beat them. They're a newly promoted team. I think they might stay up this year just based on 
there being other weaker teams like Sheffield Wednesday are a total mess, QPR are a total mess. Huddersfield aren't playing too badly, but I don't think their squad's set up to really make any strong case in the championship. So I think Plymouth might be just above them, in my opinion. So I think at home, I think we should we should beat them. Got a couple of injuries. Looks like Dembele and Laird probably won't be fit for it. But I think Miyashi could go in. Uh, we've got a couple of the young lads at right back, like Oakley maybe, if he's still about, not going out on loan uh, by then. I think he could probably fill in. So yeah, pretty excited. Uh, just looking forward to going really and taking it all in again. If it's anything like the Leeds game, then that'd be really cool. And a quick word, we've got, uh, we probably this will probably have been played before our next podcast is released. So we've got Cardiff at home in the Cup on uh, next Tuesday as well. So that'd be terrific if we can keep the ball rolling there. Uh, they were narrowly beaten by Leicester at the weekend. Um, looks like they put up yeah. a pretty good fight. Aaron Ramsey scored an unreal goal. So and they were uh, good at Leeds as well. They were, yeah. They got. They probably should have beaten them, really, shouldn't they? Two nil up, yeah. I think. Um, so there'll be no rollover, but uh, I can see both teams making quite a few changes. But it'd be terrific to, you know, we talk about this like winning mentality and keeping it rolling and so on. It'd be terrific to get into the third round of the cup. I'd, I'd, I'd really, um, I'd really appreciate that, and I think that. Sort of mentality at Blues is finally changing, thankfully. Um, so yeah, that's what's coming up for us this week. Of course, the further you go in the cup, the more likely of the derby coming back. Well, I don't want to make you cry too bad, to be fair. After yeah. I've been over Villa in about 13 years or something. Yeah, if it's at home, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, that's an yeah. Bring, bring it on. So, shall we get into uh, the main event? Should we do a quick run of squad number bingo, Dan? Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Hit me. Someone easier than Dwight York, hopefully. Uh, I have the wheel of names that you can't oh, okay. see. I don't know. That's so, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I obviously have taken out Dwight York. Yeah. So, um, we'll see what we get. There's a good pool of names here. Not that I can remember got... half of Dwight York's numbers from last week. But... <laughs> yeah, I can't either. We've got Gary Gardner. Cool. Okay. Who somehow is still at uh, Blues? He, he signed for us on loan from you this season, the eighteen nineteen season, and he's still with us. Was it that? Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Because I remember he went loan. permanently. Year, I remember he had the. He went permanently the year after because we got yeah. Jota in. Although he, he barely ever plays for us. To be fair. Yeah. Might play against Cardiff. Um, next week, but... So if you didn't listen last week, here is how squad number bingo will work. So we've. We've kind of got to work together, but I would say in this instance, we won't because it's a fairly recent player. Um, I've got to guess Gary Gardner's squad numbers or number from Birmingham City, and he's got to do it vice versa for his time at Aston Villa. That's about it, really. Um, I'm trying to think for you, how many numbers would he have? What do you have? I do think he probably had, uh, yeah, probably two. He probably had a lone one and then a permanent one. And uh, yeah, even even then, he could have ended up having three numbers somewhere along the line. But yeah, been with us about six um, seasons. No, I mean, I don't know what he could have had. Um, probably he probably had something like thirty on loan if he had a loan number, and then I feel like he would have had twenty-two as his permanent number. So I'm going to go with that's fifty-two. So thirty. Interesting. 22. Twenty-two, Cal. Twenty-two at Blues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Jude, the famous number, retired number. So they're probably not going to... Um, but that's no, your answer now, no. so. um, Yeah, I have, yeah. Because I highly doubt Bellingham would have came in and taken his number. Um, that would be quite funny if it did. But um, Gary Garden was still playing quite regularly for us when 
when he came in. Uh, Villa, he was with you for quite a long time, but he didn't actually play that many games, I don't think. He made his debut, I think, under Alex McLeish. But then he had a oh, lot wow, of okay. loan spells. Did, so yeah. you're probably looking at at least two, maybe three numbers off the top, off the top of oh. I reckon he had two, and I reckon they're they're both probably quite high. I reckon he was probably like 32 or something to start with. And then I reckon he was still probably... I'm pretty sure for Blues, he was like 20. He's 20 or something, which is mad that he still plays for us. I don't know if it's not mad. Um, (laughs) But I reckon that maybe carried out. I wouldn't be shocked if he had the same at Villa. So I'll say 32 and 20. So I'll say 52. So we both said 52. Oh, is that? Yeah, sorry. I didn't know that's a coincidence, yeah. 104. Yeah, so, 104. So, Aston Villa, he, he had 38, mm-hmm. 22, and oh. 25. Oh, what? At Birmingham City, he's had one number, what? which is the number 20. Which is the number 20. Okay, so we've got something right. So, we've got, oh, we've got something out of it. So I had 22 because I had a feeling that he had a double number at Blues, but he had yeah. worn the 22 when we were in the championship. So, Ah, well, unlucky, Cal. We were speaking to Keenan Davis earlier. Gary Gardner, of course, somehow managed to come to Blues despite scoring and running the length of the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever accept him at Blues. But he was good for a couple of years. It's a shame he's had a lot of injuries and I don't think he's quite what he was now. But, you know, he's might play in the Cup next week, hopefully, putting a good a good shot with Cardiff. Um, he was definitely a what could have been player for us. Yeah, I can imagine. Yes. There's a point. His first season or two with Blues, he was pretty solid. I thought. Yeah, man. I think that's about it. Um, so we'll just say, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, please do subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you are listening on. Yeah, and please leave us a five star review as well while you're at it. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter or X, TikTok, and YouTube. And you can find us with the handle at Second City Pod. That's Second City Pod, as in 2ND City Pod. The, the link tree will be in a social post, which has everything you could... If you want to find one or the other, the link tree will have it all. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, same time next week, something like that, Cal? Yeah, pretty much same time next week. So, I look forward to it when we've won in Europe, and we've won in the league, and oh, we're flying goodness. towards the top up. And we'll have beaten Plymouth, so I'll be even more smug. And through to the third round of the cup. So cool. Until then, Cal, take it easy. See you later. See you later.